This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, June 22, 2011. I'm Caleb Brown. If we take it seriously, the Obama administration's legal rationale for making war in Libya has some frightening implications. Chris Preble, Director of Foreign Policy Studies at the Cato Institute, comments. This is Senator Barack Obama in 2007, no more ignoring the law when it's inconvenient. The separation of powers works. Our Constitution works. We will set an example for the world that the law is not subject to the whims of stubborn rulers and that justice is not arbitrary. So uh, contrast that with uh, the assertions that the Obama administration has made repeatedly in recent weeks regarding their power to drop non-war bombs on Libya. Well, the president obviously has had a change of heart now that he's the president and not a senator, junior senator from Illinois, not a candidate for the presidency. Um, he's not the first, of course, to change his mind uh, when uh, you know he changes his seat, as it were. But I think the the rationales that the administration has put forward, the president, his some of his senior legal advisors, although. There has been some dispute we've learned among his different legal advisors. But the official position of the administration is essentially uh, that the the endorsement of the Libyan mission by the U.N. Security Council uh, suffices as not just cover, but actual legal rationale. And I think it's that aspect of their argument that is, aside from the, the rhetorical uh, gymnastics that they've engaged in. Uh, it's it's that aspect, which I think is quite upsetting for, to a lot of Americans, uh, the notion that somehow the UN Charter is more important to the conduct of U.S. foreign policy than the Constitution uh, does not sit well, even with people who might otherwise be inclined to support the Libyan operation on its merits. The president has also appealed to international consensus, although not specifically the same thing as the UN, it's, it's, it's very much related as a, a pretext for U.S. action. That's right. Uh, I think it's the, the Libyan war is not very popular among the American people. Um, and so the president has kind of reached out for the support of others outside of the United States to buttress his claim that it's the right thing to do. At the end of the day, most Americans uh, are concerned about advancing U.S. national security. They believe the U.S. military's role is to make us safer. Uh, And if the mission is not clearly connected to American security, and some would argue is actually undermining American security, then they're not likely to support it. Um, I think it's frankly quite telling that the president would uh, ignore the wishes of the American people and and instead invoke the the desires of uh, foreign audiences. Uh, and I think it says a lot about the mission and, and it says a lot about his approach to foreign policy that I think is deeply troubling. Why have people like John Kerry and John McCain come out with uh, effectively authorizations legitimizing what the president has been doing uh, in Libya? Is this to provide Congress cover uh, in failing to simply tell the president no? 
Well, John McCain in particular has always been rather disdainful of the War Powers Act and even a narrow, I think, accurate reading of the Constitution with respect to executive authority. So this is not new for him. Most recently, McCain has said that Republicans should not tie the hands of a Democratic president because it might be used against a Republican president in the future. Um, It's pretty clear, however, that he has no uh, regard for congressional authority here. He does not value it. And and I think others have used uh, and, and evaded their responsibilities. It's not clear to me that that's what John McCain's doing. He's trying to put forward an a position, uh, a f- kind of a philosophical approach to the use of force, um, and you know, which I think is is badly wrong-headed. But I don't, I don't see him trying to evade his responsibilities here. He he believes very strongly that the president should pretty much be able to do whatever he wants, and the Congress should back him up because he's the commander in chief. So, what are the implications then of a president who simply asserts that even though we're in a support mission, we're dropping bombs? And even though we're dropping bombs, they're not hostilities as defined by the War Powers Resolution. Right. Well, I think if we were to take that, those claims to the logical conclusion, the, the president of the United States could drop bombs on any country in the world and Congress would have no recourse whatsoever other than to uh, – he would threaten them to defund the operations and they are almost sure not to do that. Uh, it's not a new approach, of course. Other presidents have put troops into harm's way or engaged in military operations and then dared Congress to cut off funding. It almost never happens that way. Um, but if if his new standard is uh, that uh, the, the, the risk to American lives is very low, uh, then, then that really is no standard at all because the, just the, the vast superiority of the U.S. military over any conceivable rival – is makes you know ins- virtually ensures that uh, U.S. troops are not at grave risk uh, when they're engaged in these types of operations. We see they're in much greater risk, of course, when they're on the ground in places like Iraq and Afghanistan, and when our advantages, technological advantages, are essentially traded away for a kind of counterinsurgency mission. That's not what we've seen in Libya so far. But of course, I've always warned that even if we succeed in overthrowing Gaddafi, then should we not expect a long-term nation-building mission after the fact, and the president and the supporters of this mission have never explained why that's not likely to be the case, uh, even if Gaddafi ultimately leaves power. In doing all of these various gymnastics to abide by the War Powers Resolution, the president seems to be essentially elevating the War Powers Resolution and their interpretation of it above the actual text of the Constitution. I I think that's right. I think there's a – because presidents have engaged in, you know, wars without congressional authorization, going back to Truman and and Korea – there is a precedent for this, and the War Powers Act, essentially, as far as they see it, is the is the modern day kind of interpretation of the Constitution with respect to uh, the use of force. I don't agree with that interpretation, but but they but I think it's not. Um, I, I think it's correct to say that they're probably elevating that above the text of the Constitution uh, today. As to NATO, this is a NATO mission. Right. The the administration has tried very hard to conceal how much of the NATO mission is being conducted by U.S. personnel, U.S. Uh, uh, airplanes and bombers, etc. Um, at a minimum, we know that the United States is providing materiel to NATO forces to drop 
uh, bombs on Libya, which is absurd in its own right. But the bottom line is that the United States has so infantilized our NATO allies that they are, it appears, incapable of conducting a military operation, even in their own backyard. It's shameless, it's shameful, uh, but it's it's also, but it's really a knock on us as it is as much as it is on them because we have allowed their military uh, capacities to erode and have encouraged them to allow that to happen. Chris Preble is Director of Foreign Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. Read more of his work at Cato.org.